And now, a Breakthrough Basketball original podcast, The Jim Huber Show. After basketball, his dream is to become a rodeo clown. Jim Huber. Hey, everybody. Oh, it's hard work being this good. I was like, ow. (laughs) (laughs) He sounded like a a big choo-choo train. We join the Jim Huber Show, already in progress. I did that with not having any type of medication. (laughs) Charlie Miller. And I don't know if you know about Charlie, but hey, don't get nervous on this, all right? He was the player of the year in the state of Florida in basketball, averaged 32 points a game. Averaged 32 points? 32 points a game. We we didn't even get, I don't think, 32 points our entire season. That was about three seasons combined. Exactly. And he was a McDonald's All-American, played at Indiana University for Bob Knight for four years, played professional basketball for seven years, and represented the United States in the Junior Olympics. What made you, what on earth made you decide to go play for Robert Montgomery Knight? The general. You knew he was crazy. He threw a chair in 1985, right? You, You knew this reputation of him being the toughest guy in the world. What made that decision for you? Well, it probably helped. I did, I did not know he was the craziest coach in the world. <laughs> they didn't have the TVs and the YouTube and everything at that time, right? <laughs> it probably helped. I did not know that. Again, I was na- I was naive. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I was very naive. From a high school coach saying, hey, man, the Indiana really likes you, Bob Knight. I'm like, Bob Knight? No. Bob Knight? Are you sure? And, and then suddenly I found out he was crazy. I don't know. It was one of those bad boys kind of attraction kind of things <laughs> that led me to Indiana. And um, when he came to my home, that's kind of still a deal. What were the things that he said that, like, attempted to recruit you? What, what, how did he go about it? Well, he, okay, now, the starstruck was out because, now, before that, I had Roy Williams come to my home. He, Roy Williams at Kansas at the time. Um, I had Rick Patino come to the house. We, we had all these, we had Sutton out of Oklahoma State. So, so, so I was kind of warm to the idea of a big-name coach coming over to my house. Uh, when he came over, I had a little negotiation because let me tell you guys something real quick. I got a brother, and we, you know, we, we'll kind of go into a little bit. I got a brother who's been paralyzed since birth. Uh, James is about 20-plus years older than me, and he's actually been in the hospital for about 27-plus years. I told Coach Knight, before you come see me, you got to go see my brother. He's a diehard basketball sports fan. And Coach Knight said, that's my first stop. And actually, he did. Wow. That melted my heart right there. Um, you know, because my, my brother was my inspiration. He just taught me how to be patient. You're talking about somebody that, I, that you know, he, he couldn't feed himself ever in his life. Mm-hmm. I would literally go up there on Sundays when I, basketball wasn't around. Uh, I would go up there and, um, you know, being a little, little brother and, I would feed him, and uh, he lost his voice box, so I'd have to read his lips. Man. So talking about being patient, and I was falling asleep watching all the Sunday football games, and we would just talk all kind of mess and just, you know, kind of, you know, shoot the mess with each other. But then at the same time, you know, that was my Sunday. That was my Sunday spending time with my brother. And that, when, when Coach Knight showed up at the hospital, that meant a lot to me. Not saying that the other guys wouldn't, but it just meant a lot because I know my brother was looking forward to meeting Coach Knight. What did you learn from James? I have never seen him be upset. Never. There was no other options but to be positive, but to accept his situation as is. When I tell you, you know, I was curious about the Bible just to get closer to, you know, uh, what, what the beliefs I had in my mind through, through theory, he turned to principle 
uh, it was my brother, man. You, again, patient, just never being able to do anything. Think about that. Just, you know, always being cared for and, and the big heart of gold. And you, you're talking about a community, that hospital that took him in. But, you know, at one point in time, they were like, hey, we need to put him to a home. They were like, no, that's Jimmy. He has a permanent stay. I can't even tell you guys probably the, the, the amount of the, the, the rack up of bills. Think about that. Yeah. 20 plus years right. in that hospital. And he's a resident in the same nurse, the same physical therapist. I mean, these people were around when I was a little boy. You know, now I have three kids. And, and now I come there, and, and we all in a while. And, I mean, because we grew up together. Those are like my sisters and brothers. And a lot of that resiliency, you know, I'll share a story real quick. Here I am in college. We're not doing too well. You know, when, you know we had a stretch of games where we just very inconsistent. And Coach Knight was on one of his little tears, okay? And, uh, you know, it wasn't a good, good, good time to say hi to Coach. He was just on his high horse. And I still, I still remember to this day when Coach Knight was talking about, hey, you know what, you guys are spoiled. You guys get all this stuff. You know, he went he went directly to my locker room. I don't know. I don't have no idea why. He went right to my locker and he, he got a jacket and said, You guys get all this all these gear and all these jackets and he, he took my jacket and he threw it down. He said, You guys get all this stuff, but let me tell you something. Hey, you know what? You need to be more like Charlie's brother, James. He said, you need to be like James. He is a heart of a champion. He never complains. He he never gives up on life. And I'm sitting there like, I'm balling at this point. I am in tears. We, we hadn't talked about my brother, you know, in two years when he when he came down to Miami to recruit me. But yet, if if my brother came to his mind at the time to reach us, it definitely it definitely reached me. I still get you know goosebumps about when 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 I hear Coach Coach Knight emphatically talking about you know, whatever we were going through and then use my brother's example to talk about patience and, and perseverance and grit and being mental, mentally tough. Were you able to share that with your brother? You know what? I never did. I, I shared with you guys. I never shared with James. That's something I would do. I, I'm being just transparent with you guys. I never shared that because that was just one of the many blow-ups I had with Coach Knight. It sounds like, though, like you talk about James was – inspiring for you and, and playing for a coach Bobby Knight for four years and going through some tough times. It sounds like, you know, James was someone that really helped you get through those difficult times. Just being around him, when I go back to Miami, um, I, I, I do a basketball camp in Naples, Florida every year uh, for a community outreach program in Naples. And one of my first stops when I get into Miami is uh, I'll go to the hospital and just, you know, we'll, I'll sit up there for a half a day and just, again, reminisce and talk and, Tell him how much I really appreciate him for what he's done for me and just how much I love him. And just, you know, he encourages me to continue to do what I'm doing. I know recruiting is such a competitive, you know, battle in the nature of the business. So tell me this, all these schools and coaches that were recruiting you, what was the most creative thing that a coach did to try to get you to go to their school? Anyone offer you a suitcase full of diamonds or anything like that, Charlie? <laughs> $10,000 of cash, blue no, no, chips. I still remember a particular school uh, coming, and it actually happened. I was in Ypsilanti, Michigan, playing at a uh, tournament, playing at like a, a invite only, um, you know, high school phenom game, and uh, we were we were actually cornered and offered a deal, a package deal. It was three of us out of Miami, Florida, 
Uh, one player ended up going to Florida State. One went to uh, Kentucky, and obviously I went to Indiana. And, and we were we were actually offered, you know, money and and jewelry and all these things if we were look, looking to sign at a particular school. Now I'm gonna tell you what that was scary. You know, I, I look being a kid, you know, hearing about that stuff from afar, but then now you're getting propositioned in that. Uh, that was very scary. And I'm not about to sit back here and tell you that was not enticing either. Okay, uh, but I, I knew for me um, where there's smoke, there's fire, and I could I, something I couldn't even come close to because thinking about hey, what if what if you got caught? You know, all of a sudden now what you thought was a joyride is now you're kind of being uh, blackballed, or you know now you have a label on you. So so that was um, that that stuff happened. That was real. Was Bobby Knight now? Was it was he crazy crazy or was he? You know, like crazy, crazy, like my uncle Ernie with a plate in his head, crazy, or was he, was he crazy like a fox, man? Was it, was some of it, some of the overtop things he did in practice and stuff, is it all part of the plan? It was all a part of the plan. Here's one story I'm going to share that to this day, it's, I still laugh at why did you have to do this? All you had to do is just communicate with us. One practice, he was going, bananas, okay? I mean, drill after drill, just on top of us. And we even got kicked out of practice, okay? Now, when he kicked us out of practice, his words were, take the shower. Now, mind you, you know, we'll, 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 we'll get back at him a little bit. We're not hitting the showers. We're out here busting our hump. You know, get the shower. So here we go. We hit the showers. And we're sitting there like, goodness gracious, I mean, this guy's losing his rocker. What? That was actually the night that Michael Drum retired for the first time. So he had to go catch a plane to go be in the retirement. Yeah. So instead of telling us, he made us all riled up to get us all upset, like we were the, 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 the fault when actually he had to leave practice. Our guest today is Charlie Miller. Charlie runs uh, Attack Basketball Academy down in Dallas. Uh, you can go online, attackbball.com. Also a coach for breakthroughbasketball.com. Our sponsor does uh, camps all over the country for breakthrough as well. The next time you can go see Charlie is going to be September 26th and 27th. You're going to be where? Up in Meridian, Indiana? Uh, Meridian, oh. Idaho. Idaho. Uh, I mean, Idaho. Hey, He's got a sixth grade hey, education. I went man. to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, he is, I don't think he's even seen a map. This is, this, yeah. This Charlie, is I didn't time. go to a big four year school cow. like you. I went Show to your education, Troy. Yeah. I got you, man. I got you back. Charlie. Okay. Yeah, and then he, he's got his bifold. Now, hold on, Jim. Hold on, Jim. And then Charlie's going to be in Baltimore, and I believe that is in Maryland, right? England? Maryland. So you guys. <laughs> you go to breakthroughbasketball.com and hit, click camps and find Charlie Miller and you'll be able to find and Charlie. And Charlie, I'm telling you, I, you know, talk about camps. I, I'm amazed. He, he started camps this year. I got to meet Charlie and we get evaluation on camps back and I, I, I see the evaluation of all the coaches and Charlie gets like tens, tens across the board. And I'm like, what is this guy doing? So I've talked to Charlie and he's very creative and creates a tremendous environment for coaches, players and parents and we're just blessed to have him involved with Breakthrough. Um, hey, Charlie, I want to ask you this. There's, there's demanding coaches out there, and I see it today with kids. They have a hard time playing for a coach that's demanding, and we have transfers. Kids are transferring, not only just in college, but they're leaving high schools and 
things aren't working right for them, and it's very easy. Hey, let's go find the next coach. Let's go to the next program. You played for one of the most demanding coaches that, you know, is coached in the game. Tell me this. What advice would you give players and parents how to work through some adversity and play for a demanding coach that could be beneficial, you know, helping you learn life lessons? You know what? Um, yelling is caring. Coach Knight wore a button in practice. I yell because I care. I'm not making this up. If he looked at you, and I'll give you guys a great example. If I'm Coach Knight right now, here I have uh, Jim uh, getting ready to come into the game. I got Troy uh, on the sidelines getting ready to come into the game. I might look at Troy, you know, in the heat of the moment and, and look at Jim and say, Jim, go. All of a sudden, Troy's like, oh, I, you know, I thought that was my call. And now, you know, Troy's like, okay, what happened? Well, Troy's in the doghouse because Coach Knight's not talking to Troy. Not at all. And, and a, lot of, a lot of parents and, and players don't understand that. You know, I, I mean, I yell because I care. I'm, I'm just being very passionate about that because I've been where coaches don't say anything to you. If the coach is demanding, and let's say the coach is so demanding to a point where the, there has not been a rules of engagement established to that particular player, and the player is doing all the player can to participate to reach the coach's expectations, and yet it's just it's just a berating, a beatdown. I might be with that player, Jim, to say, you know what, you got to go find a program that's going to work for you. Because sometimes these coaches have agendas, Jim. It, it may not be about their players. It may be about them, you know, using what they're doing as a, as a building block to go to the next level. But I do think on the other side, too, there are kids and parents that – don't want their kids to go through any adversity. Maybe, maybe an individual is not playing hard. They have poor body language, or um, there's certain things that they're not doing well. That they're being selfish, or you know, taking bad shots, or whatever it is. And a coach is trying to help them understand how to become better. So to me, like you're saying, is you know, it's like navigating through it and understanding. Okay, some of this can be good for your son or daughter as well. Okay, now uh, let me let me turn it back on the coaches. As, as now, as this age of YouTube and, um, you know, I'm not going to put them out there, but something is life and all these, you know, hype, select, elite, blah, 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 uh, it's giving these players a sense of entitlement with really no, mm-hmm. no pedigree, no background, no, no backbone, no, no documented results. If somebody asks you, Charlie, what are the two best things you've learned from Coach Knight of spending four years with them, what would they be? One, how to plan your work and work your plan. He was a master at film breakdown, which we had a we had a bunch of managers that were gung ho helping us. It was all VHS tapes at the time, right? No CDs. So the duplication room, what we called the dupe room. Uh, you know, you would get your, I would get tapes. I still have to this day. It was Charlie's cuts. It was Charlie missed block out. It was, you know, uh, Charlie's minutes playing against University of Michigan. I mean, to the detail. And I'm watching five or six minutes on a VHS uh, tape uh, of what I did, did correctly, what I did wrong and taking notes. I was uh, recently an assistant coach with uh, Adam Hepner at uh, his elite guard camp in, in Duncanville, Texas. So what I did the last day was I bought all four years of my basketball journal that we had to keep. It was mandatory from 1994 to 1998. 
the pages are turning yellow. They were white. I still had a slip. My freshman year, my book from 1994 to 1995, from Dan Dockett, who's now an ESPN analyst, uh, saying, hey, Charlie, give me your, your tutor schedule, your class schedule. I still got that in there. I, I mean, again, I look back on that because those are some of the same principles and philosophies I teach to this day. You know, so let's go past now the basketball career ended, and you went into the business world. And I'll be honest with you guys, I was still really bitter. I still wanted to play basketball. It was something I was just doing to get by. I mean, I'm not sure if you can relate to that, but I was still a basketball player. I was still a Charlie Miller, a basketball player. You know, I still had that stigma, that identity. Anywhere I went, oh, I recognize you. Where are you playing at now? I'm like, I'm a sales rep. I was kind of embarrassed to tell I said I was a sales rep. Don't you know? be don't be embarrassed, Charlie. In the origin show, Jim the other day revealed that he he left basketball after being a head basketball coach. Tell him what you did, Jim. I was a security guard, <laughs> and I didn't have a gun. I didn't have a taser. All he had, Charlie, was a flashlight. <laughs> that, that's it. He'd point the flashlight at the at the bad guy and say, "Hey, get out of here." Hey, listen, pal. I got I got three double A's in this thing. I'll take you out if I need to. All right. So don't feel so don't feel bad, Charlie. I do have a story. For myself and Bobby Knight, I, I played for an individual and coach from named Fred Turner, and he was at Fort Scott Community College. And he got to know Bobby Knight really well. And uh, Coach Knight said, hey, listen, I got a player for you, and I want you to come up to Bloomington. And that was back when Calvert Chaney was there and, they, you know, had good teams. He's like, I want you to come up summertime. I want, to, want you to watch this individual play in some, you know, open gym time. So, so Coach Turner goes up there with a couple of his assistants, and they're hanging out at and, and watching these games, and there's this, like, kind of – I think he's, like, six foot two, kind of a little pudgy white kid. And uh, Coach is sitting there going, looking at this kid, and he goes, oh, my God, this is who he's having me look at? We play in the Jayhawk Conference. I mean, this is one of the best conference junior college in the country, and this is going to be an out-of-stater for me? And he's like, how do I tell Coach Knight I don't want this kid? <laughs> so he's, like, sitting there, he goes, I'll just hang around and keep watching. And he said, you know, find the kid, he hit a three – then he hit another three, and he hit a couple, like, I think he had about, like, eight threes or whatever. And he's like, the kid ended up being one of his better players, being all Jayhawk, and he had Division One offers. And he said he almost told Coach Knight that you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> he said he's glad that he didn't do that. Hey, do you love Coach Knight, Charlie? As a person going through for four years at Indiana – uh, playing and kind of being, you know, consistent, inconsistent, and just not knowing you're coming or going. Um, I, as a lot, I just did not understand about Coach Knight. I, I did not, you know. Again, that's a lot of pressure, you know, being put on a 17, 18, 19-year-old kid. You know, again, I really don't understand the rivalry between Indiana, Purdue. You know, all that was going on. You know, I wanted to play basketball and have fun, but uh, but that was a, it was a tough one. You know, and a lot of players will tell you that. It was a tough love, and there was an admiration and respect for me graduating on time, not delaying my graduation. Uh, when, and when, it, when, they was, when the fire was hot, I felt the heat. I, I served my time, and, and I was just like any other player. I'm glad I went through that process because, again, it really shaped my life the way it is today. And one thing he doesn't get credit for is he gets beat up a lot by media, throwing chairs, and, and he, said some, he said some awful things, to be honest. But he graduated 98% of his guys that went four years. And you're in that, in that group. 98%. The NCAA average to graduate, 42%. And graduating 98%, I knew that number was high. 
he gave us flexibility in that area. And we had awesome academic advisors. To this point, I still have a relationship with my academic advisor. At the time, she was getting her doctorate. She was actually writing her dissertation. And she was there every step of the way from me. So, you know, the relationships that I formed in Indiana goes beyond, you know, anything remotely close. But I believe, you know, geared towards Coach Knight, just making sure that you start something, you better finish it strong. What would you give, you know, there's a lot of young kids out there that, you know, they want to play at, at you know, Division One, like in Indiana. They would love to play professionally. What tips would you give for a young person, um, you know, to sit there and develop – their skills and to be able to reach their goals and dreams. What would you suggest to them? Um, I've been very fortunate and grateful to actually do speaking on college recruitment. And a lot of my talking points, there's 10 talking points. A lot of my talking points have little to do with uh, skill training and, and, and basketball IQ, more so to do with how to prep and how to create a game plan, what we call GPS, game plan for success off the court. And broaden your horizons. You know what? So what? Division ones are not knocking down your door. There are over 1,900 colleges and universities that exist in the U.S. There's a school with your name on it, but you have to start that process early. You have to start the process of elimination just like the coaches do. You know, so you you have to start realistically naming schools that you can realistically see yourself playing at. Okay, because because your skill and talent, you know, that's one thing. You got to make sure again that your college college level criteria. You got to make sure that your grades, you know, grades and tra- your your, trans- your um, transcripts are all in place. Um, but then make sure that you're realistic on your locations because there's awesome powerhouses at the Division Two level, at the NEIA level, that can suit your needs on playing. Because at the end of the day, it's about playing, not waving a towel. Let's wave a towel in the NBA when you're making tens of millions of dollars. <laughs> yeah, going to the right school and stop worrying about Duke not knocking down your door. Hey, Charlie, do you remember, what was the biggest laugh you ever had at Indiana? Oh, man, this was the game. I was on a tear in the Big Ten. Honorable mention player of the week. I'm doing some great things, and it was Minnesota. We were up by 17 at the half. I mean, we were rocking and rolling. All of a sudden, they came back and beat us. I mean, it was one of those games where Coach Knight panicked a little bit. You know, that streak I was on. Uh, kind of got cold because Coach Knight was taking he was t- he was putting me in taking me out. Coach Knight is on one of his tyrants, and I remember he kept me and AJ Guyton, great player, freshman of the year, Big Ten. I mean, one of my great friends to, friends to this day. He kept me and AJ after that game. So I grow a hair on my chest. I didn't say hairs. I grow one hair on my chest. So here's what happened. We're in our Duke. We called it the Duke room. Okay, again, that's where the, the film room. Dan Doctors is on my side, right? You know, and it's late. Coach Knight comes in, and he's Coach Knight's on his time. Again, I grew up here that night. I stood up and I said, Coach, I'm not a robot. You played me. I, I was in the game. I was out of the game. I can't play that way. Holy smoke. I let the dogs loose. <laughs> it was Duck City. If you get what I'm saying, you better look out. And I still remember to this day, Dan Dockage saying, Charlie, it was like 1130 at this time. I appreciate you being honest, Charlie, but not right now. <laughs> 
<laughs> Pick your spot, Charlie, the right spot. And that happened. I was in the doghouse for so long, I, I couldn't put a beach ball in the beach. Charlie Miller, our guest today. Thanks for being with us, Charlie. You can catch Charlie September 26th and 27th in Meridian, Idaho, Jim, and then on October 24th and 25th at Baltimore, Maryland. Thanks for sharing, Charlie. We'll catch up. All right, buddy. Guys, I appreciate the platform likewise, and uh, I look forward to seeing you guys really soon. Head coach, Jim Huber. I scored you the last two minutes. I took them right down to the wire. I run the picket fence on them, and I, I started balling. And they bring, they bring the white coats in here, and they, they put a jacket on me. I was feeling so good, I didn't even mind. On the Breakthrough Basketball Radio Network.